0: Well, promoter Eddie Hearn, I've got to ask you because every time we're in Las Vegas, no matter what the show is, no matter what the fight is, when you stand here on your balcony and you have a little look out there at the views, do you always get a particular feeling coming back to Sin City for a fight? Yeah, I think,
1: you know, we've been here many times now um, over the years, going back to Nazim Hamed against Marco Antonio Barrera. I remember coming here, I think I was about 19 or 20. And we've had some big shows here, obviously many shows with Devin Haney, um, and this is the first time we've had a Brit headlining in Las Vegas, and it's a great moment for Conor Ben's career. There's a lot of young fighters who are lucky enough to make the trip as well. Of course, Johnny Fisher bringing plenty of fans out here. George Liddard, Jimmy Sainz. but for Conor Ben, you know, any fighter that gets to headline on a strip is is you know a big moment in their career. And obviously, doing it at UK time zone as well, it's a little bit strange because the show will start at what 9:30, 10 o'clock in the morning. So um making sure that the uk fight fans can watch it as normal and a massive moment in the career of Conor ben
0: we just had the face to face by the iconic las vegas sign which probably would have gone out by the time this interview goes out what were they saying there and i guess when you when you're looking at the start of fight week that's not a bad way to kick start things
1: yeah i mean dobson's been very vocal i mean he's He's always got a lot to say for himself. I remember when he was at the actual show for Edgar Balanga in Orlando. I think he got kicked out of the arena because he was trying to fight everyone. So he's lively. He's undefeated, you know. And as he said in the head-to-head, I'm from the dirt, you know. He's had nothing given to him in his career, and he's been looking for a moment like this, you know. I think still some people look at Conor Ben as maybe a hype job, but Conor was calm and. You know, I think you're gonna see a vicious, ferocious performance from Conor Ben. He's looked unbelievable in camp. He's meticulous in everything that he does. Um, And it's statement time. You know, we know there's talk of the big fights. This is a a good solid test to give him activity, but he must be rolling through guys like Peter Dobson. He's got to go in there and annihilate him and make a big statement. If he's gonna mention those guys and those guys are coming, those guys are there. Those fights will get made, whether it's April or May, it will be next. But he's got the job to do on Saturday and he
0: needs to do it in style. Do you expect him to do that? Is that what you... Like, as connor has Connor's been saying, he'll make this fight look how it's supposed to look, based on what you just said there. Is that how you expect him truly to win this fight? Do you know what? Connor
1: can have all the game plans in the world. He is, pound for pound, one of the most exciting, ferocious fighters on the planet. He lets his hands go at every opportunity. His hand speed is phenomenal. He's punching harder than ever. Um He's he's box office every time he fights. You know, even in his last fight, which was a ten round comeback fight, supposed to be fairly straightforward. It was an absolute war. I mean, he hit Orozco with everything. And I think this time he's gonna be sharper. He's had that run out fight. I, I expect him to stop Dobson, but Dobson's very tough. Undefeated. And, you know, he doesn't know how to lose. And as I said, an absolute
0: dream moment for him. He's gonna give it everything. Back to back fights here in the USA now. Do you believe Eddie this year we will see a return to the UK for Connor Ben? Well, I hope so. I mean,
1: right now, the UK is the only place where Conor Ben can't fight under the British Boxing Board of Control. You see every commission in the world allowing Conor Ben to fight because he's no longer suspended. You know, I've said it a million times, he was cleared by UCAD and therefore cleared by the British Boxing Board of Control. You know, there's a battle of egos, if you like. And, of course, they are looking to appeal, which I think happens sometime in February. Hopefully, when that's over and Conor Ben wins that, we can just resume as normal. You know, we're dying out for a big fight in the UK. The UK needs a big fight. Um, Sooner or later, it's going to be, what, two years? You know, coming up since since those last fights of his. And, you know, he's been through a lot. He's been through various different procedures, of which both times been cleared, he's done everything that's been asked of him. So like I said, it's frustrating that he can box in Las Vegas, um, in Florida, in Texas, in New York, anywhere in the world, but not in his home country. And hopefully once this is resolved, we can we can crack on and make the mega fights. You know, I can make a mega fight for Conor Ben like that in the UK. And if we can't, we're going to make it here. So this is a nice fight for him to break into that market, get some US eyeballs as well. Um, and everyone seems to call his name as well as everyone ever him calling everyone else's name so our job is to make a big fight for him next but I want the activity and you know, we had five weeks to make this fight after the Eubank mess we got it he's headlining
0: he's out he's getting paid the next one must be a big one if you were to make one of those fights in the UK what, what names do you believe you could make easier? Uh, people are probably bored about me talking about Eubank um, but it still baffles me Chris Eubank didn't
1: take that fight. A guy who's two divisions lower than him. Uh, uh, a payday two or three times bigger than he can get anywhere else in the world. You know, I, I never say a fighter's ducking or he's scared, but it just doesn't make sense. Away from Chris Eubank Jr., Kelbrook Liam Smith, two fights that I love in the UK, but also the ability to bring a US name over. He Honestly, Connor will fight anyone. You know, he talks about Crawford. He talks about Boots. Listen, they're two in my opinion, two of the top five pound-for-pound fighters in the
0: world. But he wants it, you know, and he wants to test himself against the very best. Do you think we will see Chris Eubank Jr. against Kell Brook? Um, talk's ongoing for that one, it seems. It doesn't make sense.
1: You know, uh, it's, a, it's a manufactured fight with two guys that have no history. Eubank, Ben, you've got one of the greatest rivalries in the history of British boxing coming together. Both guys making an... I mean, Eubank will make twice as much money, at least for the Conor Ben fight than he would for Kelbrook Brook. What does he think, Kelbrook's Brook's an easier touch? I don't know, because I'll tell you something now, when that bell goes on Ben Eubank, Conor Ben will unload everything on Chris Eubank. Two divisions higher, maybe, maybe he can take it, but he will go to town on him, and that will be a toe-to-toe classic. Let's do it, let's do it for British boxing.
0: Remains to be seen what happens on that one. There is a few things to, to talk to yourself about. Obviously, it was, it was weird in Belfast without you there, especially in the ring. Um, it, it was a little bit strange, but you were watching from Arizona. What did you think of, of some standout performances that night? Yeah, it was a great show, great atmosphere
1: in the Ulster Hall. You know, we moved venues because we only had a couple of weeks, quite small for us, but everybody on top of each other. And, you know, when you go through the card, I was really impressed by Connor Walker. You know, took the fight at short notice. He'll fight anyone. Just went in with an undefeated fighter and just demolished him really good performance i think there's some big fights at 147 for for connor paddy donovan you know a lot of these guys who are fighting in january they didn't get much notice and you could see that with paddy in terms of his physique you could see it with his performance but he had to dig deep you know he got buzzed a little bit in that round before he had to come through and and stopped a, a very good opponent um thought Chev was brilliant. You know, I thought it was a great fight for Chev, but you've still got to go in there and make the statement. And to go away from home and just be that wrecking ball who just goes into the lion's den and just demolishes the opponent, really good statement from Chev. And it's frustrating because we want the British title. And Isaac Chamberlain, all these fighters will fight everybody, but they're not going to let Isaac Chamberlain fight Chev. So just vacate the title and let us do our own thing. But what I'm pleased about is while they are messing around, Chev got active and he was in a proper fight with Tommy McCarthy. So, you know, I want him to fight for the British title next, get him out as soon as possible. Um, I thought um, the main event, you know, he's a real, real, real handful, Lewis Crocker. I think the size disparity was there to be seen. And I want to give Jose Felix another chance as well. And it wasn't Lewis Crocker's fault necessarily as well. I mean, he needed to make the check way, but he was more than happy to make 147 pounds, but was told he wasn't allowed to come in less than 150. So it was taken out of his hands. We believe he could have made 147 safely, but he wasn't allowed to. And you know, you could see the size difference of a guy that really wanted to fight at light welterweight was fighting at welterweight. But Jose Felix is still a handful, he's a danger, and Lewis demolished him. and. You know, there's a lot of talk about Lewis Crocker and Paddy Donovan now. And, you know, talks about getting compensated correctly. Is it worth building the fight? Do we let it marinate? Do you know what I mean? Or do we make it now? And I think Irish boxing's got a real good thing going at the moment. And we've got to plan it
0: right. We've got to map it out. But really big shows ahead. What is your verdict on that, though? Because is it a fight that we should just make this year? Could it be on the undercard of Katie Taylor, whatever she does? This year, 100%. It's just, is it next or is it the one after? That's all I'm thinking.
1: Like, we have a chance here to do a real classic all-Irish fight. And at the end of the day, if these guys are going to go and be special, be elite, they've got to be beating each other. You know, I think we need to... People talk about Paddy fighting in Limerick. I'd love to do it personally, whether that's a next-gen, whatever it looks like. You know, maybe run Lewis out on the Katie Taylor card. But in my opinion... Let's not waste the opportunity to make an all-Irish classic between Crocker and Donovan. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's one that can sell out the SSE, the Odyssey, and can really, and and Lewis is right. You know, I've seen his interviews. We need to be compensated for, fucking right. It's a 50-50 fight. But if you believe you win, that's the kind of fight that's going to take you to the next level. Profile, commercially, you know, purse-wise, everything. And... I think we could do something really special. I'm buzzing for Irish boxing. You know, Dublin,
0: Belfast, there's opportunities for big shows all around. That's Belfast in Arizona, of course, didn't go, unfortunately, the way of our man, John Ryder. I guess just you've had a bit of time to, to process that and reflect on it. What, what did you make watching from ringside? Um, John was John. You know, he was full of guts, full of heart, um,
1: beaten by the better man. I thought Mungir was really impressive. Like watching him up close for the first time, He's a handful. He's got a fantastic output. And that was one of my concerns in the fight is, what, how do you beat Munguia if you're John Ryder? You gotta match his output, or you gotta hurt him. You gotta outbox him. And and Munguia kind of ticked all those boxes. You know, John hit him with some good shots, but didn't really put a dent in him. The output was fantastic. And even up close, you know, when we expected John to have success, I still got, you know, I thought it was a terrible start, two knockdowns in four rounds. I gave John the first. I gave him six and seven or five and six. But with the knockdowns, all of a sudden, he he needs a stoppage to win. That's after four rounds. So you're sitting on the ropes, trying to counter to land that big shot. But then you're also taking eight or nine from Munguia in the process. So very proud of John. But Munguia proved to me that he is the real deal. You know, and I thought it was a great performance from him.
0: Do you believe Munguia can give Canelo Alvarez problems? I think it's a good fight.
1: You know, I think it's an all action fight. Canelo's very clever, he's, he hits harder than John, um, but he's getting older. And that output that, that Munguia has, like every time he was on John, there was no time for breathing. Out of the clinch, boom, straight back in. And you've got to fight fire with fire, or technically you've got to be so smart to outbox him. And I think it's a brilliant fight. All Mexican fight, I hope that gets made.
0: Whatever John decides to do next, ultimately that decision will only be up to him and his family, but... What a servant he's been to to British boxing over the years. Yeah, I mean, but like, we talked a lot after the fight, and obviously he'll make his decision soon. But
1: what he did to turn his career around, you know, from getting beat by Nick Blackwell, from getting beat by Jack Armfield, and you know Armfield and Fielding and Robbie uh, and Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders, there are four fights that he lost. All of those on points, like to not win at least one or two of those. If you watch them, they're all like very close decisions and. You know, the Callum Smith fight, maybe he could have got the decision that night and been a world champion. Um, But from there, what he did, you know, he he boxed in Vegas. He won the interim world title. Obviously, um, boxed Canelo Alvarez in front of 70,000 in Guadalajara, beat Zach Parker, beat Daniel Jacobs at Alexandra Palace, um, fought Jaime Munguia in front of 10,000 in Phoenix. I'll be honest with you, and I know people don't always like talking about money. I'm just so pleased he can leave the sport with a nice few quid and we've been able to pay off the mortgage you know have a nice house you know with his with his family and and continue in boxing if that's what he wants to do but i think in in the training capacity i think he's going to be a brilliant trainer um whether he fights again or not he'll make that decision but for me he's done he's he's overachieved in the sport and 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 could have actually achieved even more if he got a little bit of rubber to green
0: i remember Eddie we sat down in your office and we talked about Ryan Garcia looking like he was going to be fighting Romero rather than devin haney those talks seem to have taken a bit of a u-turn and is there now an April date that that has opened up yeah there's talks going on I mean you know I think Ryan Garcia
1: tried to make the Rowley fight couldn't get made i th- I think he he's back one in the um ryan got the devin haney fight I'm going to catch up with devin and bill this week um and I think it's just the fight to make you know it's the fight for Zone. It's the
0: fight for Devin, it's the fight for Ryan and hopefully he can get over the line. What do you make of the news that Javonta Davis's next fight could be in the UK? And if that does happen, what type of a draw do you expect him to be regardless of the opponent? Yeah, it'd be a good draw. I mean,
1: you know, when we brought Lomachenko over to fight Luke Campbell, we sold out the O2 straight away. And, and you know, although Javante is not known to the casual fan in the UK, there's enough fight fans that will want to watch him box. I don't know who the opponent can be around 140 pounds, because it's none of our guys that have been discussed. So I don't know. Um, I don't know the substance of of the rumours, but yeah, it'd be great. I mean, he's boxed in the UK before, I believe, uh, against Liam Walsh at the Copper Box. So I'm sure if he came back, British fight fans would would be watching him fight.
0: In terms of um, some other bits of news, obviously lot's happening this week. Joshua Boatsey versus Dan Aziz. Any concerns from yourself going up against that fight? Same time in the UK or is that healthy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good fight. You know, I think um, probably be on a little bit earlier than ours, but Conor Ben's a massive draw. That's, that's a good fight. Um, don't know how it'll go, really. You know, Joshua Bwatsi's been so inactive. Um, Dan Aziz, you know, on paper, head to head, Joshua Bwatsi should be dealing with Dan Aziz, but he's just not looked the fighter that I thought he might go on to be. Um, and if he's not on point, I think Dan Aziz will win the fight. But um, you know, we'll we'll be live from Vegas with Conor Ben.
0: What have you made of the Fury Usyk build up recently? Obviously, we we saw little clips of the head to head with Steve Bunce, A few jibes about earrings, etc. What what have you made about how that fight's building? Yeah, it's building nicely. I mean, Fury's you know, there, there's not
1: many people who are better in the build up than Tyson Fury, and I think as the content comes thick and fast the fight's going to get bigger and bigger. Fascinating fight, two brilliant fighters, exactly what we need in boxing. You know, it it took his excellency to bring that together. Um, We'll be there because we've got a couple of fighters on the undercard and, you know, I I can't wait to see it in the flesh. It's a fight that really gives you a generational great in a division. And, you know, Tyson Fury has, has had a great performance against Klitschko, great performances against Wilder. And if he beats Usyk, no one can really argue that he's the top dog. Um, love Usyk worked with him for a long time but I, wa- I want to see Tyson Fury win the fight because if he wins and AJ can get the win against Ngarno it just sets up a mega fight and you know always back the Brit and I do believe he's the favourite in the fight how is the 5v5 progress going yeah good there's, there's been loads of conversations and I think George is just getting everything boxed off with Fury against Usyk and then we'll continue those discussions looking at around June time for that fight um, loads of divisions being discussed um, I don't know, will there be a few signings, late signings within the transfer window to build, build the strength for the team? Who knows, because we all want to win so bad. But it's looking really good. I mean, you know, really, as I've said before, it's more like 12v12. Like, there's that many fights we could do against each other that people would love. And, you know, I said to George, maybe we have a little extension of that tournament in the UK. But there's going to be some big fights on that card and we'll announce them all and the weight divisions on uh, Joshua and Garno Fight Week.
0: What did you make of the news yesterday? that Shakur Stevenson took to social media to seemingly retire. I think sometimes fighters don't necessarily realize how the game works.
1: Like he boxed for the WBC title at lightweight. Once you do that, you put yourself out of the position in other rankings. So when Navaretti moves up from uh, 130 to 135, he becomes the automatic mandatory under WBO rules. And then they just go to the next in line. So Shakur Stevenson, wasn't really even in the running for the WBO title, but he would think, I should be getting that. But really, top rank will make the fight, and then maybe he fights the winner. So, you know, a little bit of toys out of the pram. But I, I get why he's frustrated, because he wants to be a great, you know, and he wants to win all the belts, but I'm sure he'll get his opportunity in time.
0: We don't think he has retired then.
1: Absolutely not in a million years.
0: <laughs> I do want to ask you about Jack Cattrall, Josh Taylor. been a bit of back and forth about whether this fight can land on the zone. Can you... Explain to us what the latest is on that front and perhaps why it might not be the right fight for the zone, in your opinion.
1: Um,
0: you know, every fight gets evaluated individually. And, hold on, could you come
1: back, please? I swear this happens every time. Know, yeah. well <laughs> the room needs clean, <laughs> but, um Every fight gets evaluated individually, you know, and I think that fight in terms of the purses that are... Re- could you come back, please? Unless it's Matty.
0: I doubt it. This is only one take, so we'll have to... All right, Josh Taylor, Jack Cattrall. Yeah, every fight gets evaluated individually.
1: Hi. could you come back, please?
0: I'll be a bit concerned if it is Matty Lawless because he's got a key to your room. (laughs) Um, Every fight gets evaluated (laughs) individually and
1: that fight, you know, for the numbers that are involved, needs to be a pay-per-view fight. Zone feel it's not a pay-per-view fight. Um, So, but we want the opportunity for Jack Cattrall. So we sat down with Jack and Sam and said, if someone else is willing to do that fight on pay-per-view, let's get it made. So, you know, we're, we're working as a team to try and get that fight over the line. I said to Sam, go and do your negotiations, go and speak to Sky or whoever you're gonna speak to and see if they want to get that fight made Um, so we'll wait and see how that progresses Mr Frank Smith is in Tokyo yeah what's the latest yeah it's a really interesting announcement I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say but you know a little old concept that we used to run many years ago has re-emerged its head in a new exciting format for a lot of money and uh, there's eight very lucky gentlemen that will uh, be announced this week to compete in Japan in March and uh I'll leave it over to Frank Smith because it's his deal, and uh, he's got a lot of interesting in um, pronunciations at the press conference on <laughs> on Thursday and then or Wednesday, and then heads here. So, yeah, big moment for us, our first show in Japan. Um, obviously, big big uh, restructuring of a very successful format.
0: Last couple now, Ed. Katie Taylor, in terms of next moves, potential fights, are you certain it will be Chantel next, or perhaps are there? doors opening of different opportunities at the moment because it's gone a bit quiet yeah, no it's but only gone quiet because it's january and you know the fight's going to take place in probably may
1: um we've made it very clear and katie's made it very clear she wants to fight Chantel cameron um you know we've got still got to negotiate it and the numbers have got to make sense all round, particularly for Chantel cameron she's done an amazing job she won the first fight she lost the second fight two fight of the year contenders it's a massive fight um so we'll do everything we can to make it. We, we don't. I say we don't really have a plan B. There are options, but that's quite honestly the fight we want to make. You know, We represent both fighters. They've both been incredible in the two fights. I think the third would be even better, even bigger. Um, so we'll do everything we can. And those talks, I think Katie's coming to the show this week actually here. And we're speaking to Chantel's team as well to see if we can get it made.
0: And for Lee Wood, I know he's so desperate, isn't he, for that city ground fight. I know we're doing everything we can in our power to make that happen. What's the percentage sitting at right now? I don't know. I mean, look, May the 18th is the date and I don't want to pile the pressure
1: on Nottingham Forest, but it is on them. You know, we're ready to go. Um, It's Lee's dream. I think it would be a very successful event for Lee and the city and the club. But it's got to make sense for them in terms of timing other events around it. And, and hopefully we can get the all clear. If we're not, we'll have to present another option to Lee. But I know he feels like the only thing that's less left to tick in a box of, of Lee Wood's career is that city
0: ground fight. So hopefully the city and the club can make it happen. seen a lot of rumours on social, more, not just rumours, but more opinion from fans that one of the 5v5s they'd love to see would be Josh Warrington versus Nick Ball. Mm. I guess, hypothetically, if that happened, who could Lee fight at city ground? I don't know. I mean, you got Joe Caldina, looks like, out on
1: the Furiousic card. You know, that could be a big fight up at 130. But I'd also look to do that fight for Joe in Cardiff as well. So, I don't know. Like, like I said, Lee's done done it all, really. Is there a US fight in the pipeline against someone? You know, um, but City ground is really the only thing on his mind. Nick Ball against Josh Warrington's is an incredible fight. Nick Ball's fighting Ray Vargas on the Joshua and uh, Ngannou undercard. And you've also got Maurizio Lara ready to come back in a big fight. And you know, as I said to George Warren, Nick Ball against Maurizio Lara is X-rated. Um, so we'll see. that There's some incredible fights to make and you know, it's very important to us that we try and give Lee Wood what I believe he deserves.
0: When you look at the, the conversations you've had with Bob Arum and Oscar de la Hoya and Frank Warren, of course, boxing in a good position right now. And I guess for the, for the fans, in terms of drawing big attendances in for UK shows, could there ever be you know, these cross-collaboration events happening in the UK as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've already spoke to George about a potential match with Queensbury in the
1: UK as an extension because there's so many fights to make. That would do really well. You know, I mentioned um him against Golden Boy. Oscar's body language weren't great, but, you know, he talks about, is our stable strong enough? I mean, we have, you know, I think, is it a dozen world champions across the board? I think they have three. Um but they have some great fighters, so do we. I think that's a really compelling format. And I think that works. I think the fight fans buy into the narrative. You know, they talk about the picks, they talk about the weight classes, and you'll see through the success of Matrim v. Queensbury that, you know, this, this kind of team concept, I think, can work.